between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow. Sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more. And welcome to Right Now with Jim Dawes, broadcasting on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. And bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Here to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at, and conventional wisdom is often just an illusion. We're live on iHeartRadio, on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast directories. Follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes, or shoot me an email at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. Or you can call the vent line and get something off your chest at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. So let's talk about the arrest of Ghislaine Maxwell. Nobody knows exactly how to pronounce her first name, so I'm just going to go with Ghislaine. I've heard that it's French and it has a a French um, accent attached to it, but uh, Gislaine Maxwell, pimp of Jeffrey Epstein, the uh, the the pedophile that was murdered in the Metropolitan Correction uh, uh, facility there in Manhattan. She has now been arrested, was caught hiding in a 158-acre uh, um, compound in southern New Hampshire that she published anonymously for $1 million cash. I didn't know you could get 158 acres in, uh, in New Hampshire for that, that amount of money, but, uh, but that's where she was when they caught up with her. And, um, she has now been charged. <laughs> She's being held in a separate correctional facility in Brooklyn, New York, uh, under the auspices of the uh, Southern district of New York prosecutor's office. No word yet, uh, you know, if she's going to have a cellmate or exactly how they're going to keep her from suffering the same fate as uh, as Jeffrey Epstein. But she's been charged with six different counts by the Southern District of New York, in, including conspiracy to entice minors to travel to engage in illegal sex acts, enticement of a minor to travel to engage in illegal sex acts, conspiracy to transport minors, with intent to engage in criminal sexual activity, transportation of a minor, perjury, a couple of counts of perjury. All of this was, of course, in, uh, for her role that went on for about 20 years of securing minor children for Jeffrey Epstein's um, pleasure and profit. And that's what I really want to talk about here because it gets damn short shrift in the media. I have heard some investigative reporters call this out, but uh, what Jeffrey Epstein was running was not so much a pedophile operation. Most of these girls that he was securing um, were in their uh, late teens, um, 16, 17. I guess that's not late teens, middle teens. 
But, uh, you know, if he was a true pedophile, what he had been doing is uh, getting girls far younger. The reason he got girls that were underage and not of legal majority uh, was because he was using this as a blackmail operation. Uh, Nobody knows, apparently, how Jeffrey Epstein managed to uh, amass such a huge fortune. He had uh, 747s and and a private island, actually two private islands, uh, a huge sprawling ranch, condos uh, in you know all the, the nation's capitals. Uh, he he threw money around like crazy when he when he was uh, murdered. I'm not going to pretend like I believe that Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide. They were able to get their hands on uh, at least five hundred million dollars, and that uh, is believed to be just a tip of the iceberg. With his brother having liquidated the rest before uh, the Grim Reaper came. What Jeffrey Epstein did, and uh, with the uh, assistance, the complicity of uh, Jelaine Maxwell, is uh, she would recruit these underage girls, and then Epstein would uh, set up trysts with these girls and uh, uh, fabulously wealthy and powerful men, including... Bill Clinton, um, Bill Gates, uh, the, the list goes on and on. And then he would, uh, he would film these encounters and, uh, let it be known probably, you know, just sort of, uh, in a, uh, sort of subtle way that, uh, he had, uh, that, that he had, you know, tricked those people into sleeping with, uh, minor children and exposing them to uh, to criminal prosecution, and then he would uh, you know make suggestions of why don't you let me manage your money? Why don't you uh, introduce me to some more of your friends? There was no request that Jeffrey Epstein could make of these people that they could deny. A former uh, attorney client of mine, I used to be a private investigator. That was my part time job when I was on the fire department. Former. Um, client Lynn Wood is uh, is all over Twitter asking who this John Roberts is that's listed on the manifest of the Lolita Express. And he started doing that right after John Roberts apparently abandoned his juris, jurisprudential outlook uh, that he had held for his whole life and started siding with the liberals on the Supreme Court. So I'm not saying that uh, that's the John Roberts. Uh, John Roberts is a very common name, but uh, I think the question needs to be answered of exactly who this John Roberts that visited Jeffrey Epstein's pedophile island is. But he uh, he got these girls, 17 years old. Uh, you know, he'd ply these powerful men with uh, drinks, and he'd invite them out to their private island where they'd carry on this stuff. It would be documented, and then... Epstein would uh, would call to be their money manager. And all indications are when he did manage their money, all he did was invest it into, uh, you know, a, a S&P index fund. And then he would take uh, um, points for his fees. And that's how he amassed his huge fortune. His first victim in the scheme was a man named Les Wexner, who... Uh, who owned a, a clothing empire that included Victoria's Secret. And so um, he he had Les Wexner over the barrel so bad that uh, Wexner signed a power of attorney that allowed 
Epstein to uh, to manage and have access to all of his money. And that's how Epstein was originally able to buy the largest residence in Manhattan. <laughs> that's saying something. Most people that walk by it think it's a, uh, a museum or a an embassy. But he was able to buy the largest residence in Manhattan. And you can go online and see uh, videos of these these powerful men visiting him there, including, uh, of course, Prince Andrew, who is uh, who's got to be sweating bullets right now. I would say that Jelaine Maxwell is probably in more danger than uh, just about anybody else in this country. Except for maybe if you're a white person at a Black Lives Matter Antifa riot. So what this is all leading to, I believe, because the timing of this is all very interesting. They uh, they let Ghislaine Maxwell, um, you know, uh, free for months and months when she could have been arrested very easily. I think this is all about the 2020 election. The Southern District of New York, of course, was uh, is a hotbed of Clinton cronies. And they have used that office in order to to uh, persecute Donald Trump and his associates while at the same time throwing a protective net around uh, Clinton uh, cronies and, and all of the Democrats and blocked them from uh, ever having to answer to the law. And what I think the Democrats are going to do with the Southern District of New York, who is uh, is now he- headed by the former deputy of the the previous district attorney there. Um, they're going to, they're going to run the Roy Moore, the judge Roy Moore playbook against Donald Trump. I think it'll probably break right around October. It'll be the proverbial October surprise. And they're going to entice Jelaine Maxwell to implicate Donald Trump in uh, in Jeffrey Epstein's pedophile uh, operation. I don't believe there's any truth to it. Uh, they have video of uh, Epstein at a party with uh, with Donald Trump, and they like to run that on a loop. Epstein was apparently a, a socialite uh, in, in uh, Palm Beach, where Mar-a-Lago was uh, located, and uh, they got and you know he likes to saddle up to people and have the, have his picture taken with him. There's also a lot of uh, photographs floating out around that have proven to be photoshopped of, Epst- of uh, Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell standing next to Donald Trump and Melania Trump. You can tell they're photoshopped because that same image of Trump and um, Melania ends up in, in several different uh, smear uh, photos that they run. But Trump's going to be in a tough position because uh, the, uh, I think Ghislaine Maxwell, in order to save herself, is uh, is likely to uh, try to implicate him. And uh, it's going to be one of those stories, the same as they weaponized against Judge Roy Moore, that can neither be proven by her nor disproven. And it's just going to hang out there in the air. The best argument Trump has to exonerate himself as well after Jeffrey Epstein uh, was was known to be engaging in this activity, Donald Trump tossed Epstein and barred him from the Mar-a-Lago uh, Country Club 
there in Palm Beach. Now, I don't think there's any way Donald Trump could have done that if, in fact, Epstein had anything against Trump. And uh, and as well, uh, prior to his run for election, uh, Donald Trump actually called out Jeffrey Epstein and uh, and his relationship with um, with Bill Clinton, which again, and he did this uh, with Sean Hannity on national TV, which again, I don't think, I don't believe it for a second that Donald Trump could have done that if in fact he had been implicated as well. Uh, Bill Clinton. Nice guy. Uh, got a lot of problems coming up, in my opinion, with the famous island with Jeffrey Epstein. A lot of problems. So, you know, if, if, if somebody's got blackmail information on you, if they've got the goods, this was obviously while Jeffrey Epstein was still alive, you're not able to say things like this on national TV. Uh, Bill Clinton. Nice guy. Uh, got a lot of problems coming up, in my opinion, with the famous island with Jeffrey Epstein. A lot of problems. No, Trump doesn't appear on any of these manifests, uh, which, you know, are, are apparently uh, very meticulously kept. Probably uh, again, so Jeffrey Epstein could uh, blackmail people. I want to know who John Roberts on that uh, that manifest is. Uh, nobody, uh, you know, has any idea. I know if it were somebody else that was obvious, Lynn Wood would have identified them by now. I, I was kind of surprised to see Lynn Wood take out after the Chief Justice of the United States, considering that he has to uh, practice before federal courts and may end up before John Roberts. I'm going to play you one clip before we run out to a break. This is uh, this story has been covered far more in the uh, British and the Australian press than it is, has here, probably because many of the, the executives of the American networks may be implicated themselves. But this is a, uh, a promo for a uh, 60 Minutes Australia expose that they put together. We weren't anything important to them at all. We weren't even a human being to them. We were just another toy to be passed around. Once you get on that island, how do you get off? We found through our investigation that at least up to 2018, that continued. They were a perfect fit. He had the money. She had the connections. How did you know she wasn't his girlfriend? Because she's not 12. I expected it from a man, but I didn't expect it from a woman. And she'd dash across to the school or the park, write down her phone number, a young girl. And then I'd see that child at the house. My sister was 16. She's been around them alone. <laughs> what sort of threats has she made against you? I'm going to burn your art. And then I'm going to burn your career. And then I'm going to burn you and the house you live in. That's just the cold, hard reality of how dark this rabbit hole goes down. This whole time, everything's been so corrupted. She should be in jail. I will never feel safe if Ghislaine Maxwell is not arrested. Sunday. So uh, I'm going to I'm gonna watch that whole episode of Sunday 60 Minutes uh, Australia. If I can uh, get it, I'll, uh, I'll put a link up to it so everybody else can follow. we got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. No one likes to think about disasters or what could happen to you or your family. 
If you find yourself in the middle of one, look around you. Don't you wish that uh, maybe a few months ago you had gone to preparewithmojo50.com and picked up an emergency food supply? The reason is not that you're panicked. The reason is that you want to be ready for anything. Look what happened at the grocery stores in the last few weeks. There are others out there who tend to lose their minds when things aren't normal. You, however, are smart. You know how to do things the right way. You know how to be prepared. You know how to take care of your family. And it shows. I mean, you listen to Mojo 5.0. So go to preparewithmojo50.com. You will find a special deal for you as a Mojo listener on a food supply, an emergency food supply that will ensure that you have enough food for you and your family for months, however long you decide you need the supply for. It really is a great deal, and it's about being ready for anything. Prepare with Mojo 50.com. That special deal he spoke about is uh, $100 off. It's a four-week emergency food supply. It's enough for 284 servings of breakfast, lunches, and dinners, normally $297. If you order it today, you can get $100 off and get it for $197, and you'll get free shipping and handling. That's preparewithmojo50.com. So... The Democrats are uh, are desperately, uh, and their their mouthpieces in the media, trying to pretend like we are not suffering a crime epidemic in this country. We've lost almost all of the gains that the hard won gains that the police in this country have have won, driving down the murder rate and the violent crime in this, these cities. And they've unleashed uh, what can only be described as the Ferguson effect writ large. You notice after uh, the Ferguson riots that took place in a, a small suburb of St. Louis uh, that uh, the police pulled back and started um, questioning whether or not they were going to be able to get out of their car and engage in the kind of policing necessary to keep a lid on violent crime for fear of being thrown under the bus by these elected officials and Soros prosecutors. And in uh, just... Less than one uh, term, the Marxist mayor of New York City, Bill de Blasio, has managed to uh, to plunge the city back into the same lawlessness and uh, and uh, hell that Rudy Giuliani and uh, and uh, Bloomberg, Michael Bloomberg, were able to drag them out of. Uh, well, you know, I, I guess. Giuliani gets the lion's share of the credit because all Bloomberg did was continue the broken windows policies that uh, broken window policing policies that uh, Giuliani put in place. But you can go on on Twitter now and see just uh, the carnage, the unmitigated carnage that's taking place on the streets of New York City. Because New York City has surveillance cameras and uh, and um, gunshot detectors all over the five boroughs, so very little of this goes on that you can't find. And it really uh, hit the ground running when the police commissioner of New York City, a guy named Dermot Shea, announced that he was disbanding the anti-crime unit. Now that's the undercover unit that's out there. Uh, in the absence of the stop and frisk that they did away with, finding out who's got guns and who's got grievances or grudges and where, you know, the next crime's coming from. Here is O'Shea announcing 
the disbanding of the anti-crime undercover units. It is regarding the deployment of precinct level and PSA level anti-crime units. These are the plainclothes units that operate our traditional anti-crime. Effective immediately, we will be transitioning those units, roughly 600 people citywide, into a variety of assignments, including detective bureau, neighborhood policing, and other assignments. Why? This is 21st century policing. Intelligence, data, shot spotter, video, DNA, and building prosecutable cases. Yeah, but that's not preventing cases. He's, he's talking about all of the things that uh, solve cases after they happen. And he's talking about surveillance. Well, that's, uh, that's what an intelligence, that's what the undercover unit was there for. Now, they don't have any eyes and ears on the streets that are not, or aren't readily identifiable as police officers. So he just basically kneecapped his own department. And it was undoubtedly, you know, in the pursuit of these, uh, the social justice agenda, unicorns and puppies. And now they have unleashed the whirlwind. I don't doubt that a lot of those guys that were working undercover are glad that they have disbanded this unit. That uh, undercover work is the most dangerous that a police officer can engage in. And that was probably a pretty rough assignment. A lot of times, uh, you, you know, these undercover agents get lost and forget, you know, uh, who they're working for. And if they get busted or if, you know, even if they're suspected, they can become uh, targets themselves. Most famously documented in that, uh, that movie Serpico, one of the very last good movies that Al Pacino made. But one of the interesting things coming out of all of this is that the police precinct commanders in the five boroughs are, are stepping up and calling out the elected officials for, uh, for basically handicapping their ability to do their jobs. Here is the uh, Bronx precinct commander talking about what's going on on the streets. So what the saddest part of this is, this is has been predictable and and we've been you know you heard me say a storm was coming back and we're in the middle of it right now and we're in a perfect storm of sorts with covid with the rikers population it's about half and where is that other half right now we've we've transplanted general population to the streets of new york city And, and and it's extremely frustrating yeah como bears some responsibility for this too because they uh they passed this bill and he signed it that did away with cash bail. They've been, you know, the social justice warrior has been telling us uh, we can't require these people to um, post bail. And that basically tied the hands of these judges so that they couldn't keep criminals with a uh, violent history in jail. And now they're just, uh, they've got a turnstile set up. They take their name and fingerprints and put them right back out on the street where they continue to pursue their vendettas and, uh, and their, you know, uh, protecting their, their drug turf. And it's the the good citizens of New York that are paying the price. De Blasio is absolutely determined that he will not adjust course. But I think uh, the systematic, uh, I think overtly racist use of stop and frisk was an abject failure. Uh, And it's been proven now for years and years. 
that is not a strategy you're going to go back to under any circumstance. Not going to go back to that stop and frisk strategy. He says it was a proven failure. Actually, it was a proven success. It drove down the crime rate year after year. They went from 2,000 murders a year to uh, less than uh, 300 in many years. They went from one of the most dangerous, violent cities in the world to one of the safest. Now de Blasio, the Marxist, has done that, uh, has undone all that good work. And you got to believe that it was on purpose. People asked for this. This is what they wanted. They wanted chop zones that were police-free zones. They wanted, if you got arrested and you go to jail, you don't have to pay bail. You get right back out on the street and you can go back and, and commit more crimes. They wanted, uh, if you had if you had COVID in the jail, or they were worried about COVID in the jail, so they let prisoners out. Um, they they were pouring water on the cops, right, out on the streets. Remember that? Milk, uh, buckets. Exactly. Police officers were turning their backs on Bill de Blasio not too long ago. And now we have this. This is we got to run out to a break. When we come back, we'll uh, we'll catch up on the latest culture war news right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Stick with us. Son, tonight we look after the North Pole while Santa delivers all the holiday goodies. Wooden ponies, dolls, Xfinity. Xfinity? It's only the awesomest internet ever. The whole family can enjoy fast, reliable internet speed and great coverage all at a great value. Plus, advanced security is included at no extra cost with Xfinity XFi and the XFi Gateway. Just log in and activate through the Xfinity app. Choose the speed that works for you. Up to gig. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of funny stuff that comes out of this uh, this cultural movement that the unhinged left is engaged in. There was a headline in the Washington Post. It's actually an op-ed that said the Washington and Lee University must change its name because George Washington perpetrated racial terror. So Washington and Lee must change their name according to the Washington Post. They've got to scrub Washington from their name at Washington and Lee University. You would assume that they would also want Lee's name taken off. So what about the Washington Post? Shouldn't they have to change their name as well? What could we call it instead of the Washington Post? We could call it the the Bezos propaganda rag. We could call it Black Lives Matter Post. We could call it fake news, the fake news post. But if the Washington Post and their editorial board are going to be true to their their left-wing ideology, they certainly can't keep the name of Washington on their masthead. That won't work. So I'm going to start a, a hashtag today on Twitter. I hope you'll jump in on it. Uh, 
cancel Washington Post. Similar to what uh, Ann Coulter started with uh, cancel Yale. Yale University was uh, founded on a, a donation of, uh, of books and letters from a, uh, a slave trader named Yale. It wasn't that long ago that they moved, uh, they removed to John C. Calhoun's name off of a dormitory because he had owned slaves while at the same time actually naming the university after a slave trader. So we got to hold them to their, their, uh, their professed beliefs. That's uh, that's one of the Alinsky tactics, make them live up to the standard that they try to impose on you. They don't like that. <laughs> I read an article. It was actually, it was an American greatness and, uh, and they took out a full page ad in the New York times re republishing this article, demanding that Yale university change its name to, uh, one of the guys that encouraged Yale to make his donation, his name was Dummer, last name D-U-M-M-E-R. So Yale would become Dummer University. Have you ever noticed that uh, so many of the messes in this country have been made by Ivy League graduates? Almost all of our foreign policy and national defense establishment and our, our uh, Supreme Court nominees all come out of Harvard and Yale. And they have been made an unmitigated disaster of this country. Oh, Colin Kaepernick, the failed NFL quarterback that uh, once he found out that uh, he wasn't good enough to play any longer in the NFL remade himself into the leader of the social justice movement uh, for sports. Used to go around uh, wearing Che Guevara t-shirts. Historically ignorant that uh, Che Guevara was a mass murderer who, uh, who especially targeted homosexuals. Wore socks depicting cops as pigs. And uh, came out with a a statement uh, over the last weekend saying that uh, the 4th of July is a celebration of white supremacy. That Colin Kaepernick has now been signed to a deal with the Walt Disney company. This is what we've come to a self-declared Marxist who says our 4th of July is a celebration of white supremacy. And, um, celebrates the uh, the communist in Cuba has now been signed on with Disney to produce uh, shows on social justice and racial equality. Poor old Walt Whitman, he'd be spinning over in his grave. You know, it's just amazing how they, uh, uh, these big corporations get a hold of these great American brands and just run them into the dirt. Over at NBC universal the owner of NBC news that of course, uh, puts Rachel Maddow and Chris Hayes and Larry O'Donnell on the air. Their CEO, now actually their chairman 
Caesar Conde, I wonder if he's from Conde Nash, um, announced that going forward, the company will strive to have 50% of our news organization employees be women and 50% of our overall workforce be people of color. You see, white people don't have a color. They will be people of color. You know what you call that? That is called systemic racism. When you say outright that you're going to discriminate in favor of and by definition against groups based on the color of their skin or their, their sex, that is systemic discrimination. But we live in a, a world now where the chairman of a major corporation feels empowered to, to put that on Twitter. <laughs> it's going to be a field day for the, uh, the employment lawyers because anytime a white male, all of these uh, things are uh, designed to minimize and exclude white males, but anytime a white male doesn't get a, a job or a promotion, <laughs> all he's got to do is file a case and, uh, and show the, um, the tweet that the chairman of the company sent out. But it's not confined to NBC News or Disney, of course. Out in Washington State, they've uh, they put together a, a plan for reopening the schools out there. I don't think the uh, teachers' unions will let them, but uh, they've got a plan. And that plan calls for a phase-in of face-to-face instruction that will prioritize students of color. So once again, you know, you're you're saying that you're going to prioritize people based on their skin color and by definition you're going to be discriminating against people that don't fit into the favored color. This is the new racism. Once again, totally illegal. Um how they're going to avoid lawsuits well they're not going to avoid lawsuits they can't avoid lawsuits any any white kid that uh, is excluded from this reopening plan will have a prima facie case of discrimination and all of this of course is based on uh, this belief that they've been cultivating in our culture for the last 40 years at least that white people are somehow defective and unworthy there's a, a Black Lives Matter uh, leader in Toronto, Canada, who actually went on the record saying that uh, white people are subhuman, calls them genetically defective, and begs Allah to give her strength not to murder white people. Please, Allah, give me strength not to cuss slash kill these men and white folks out there today. Please, please, please. Let's see what this uh, this message said in its entirety. Whiteness is not humanness. In fact, white skin is subhuman. All phyrotites exist within black family, and white people are genetically defect of blackness. White people have higher concentration of enzyme inhibitors that suppress melanin production. This is just classic racism. I mean, just deep 
profound bigotry. I could go on and on. It's a screed. You're not, uh, you're not going to read any of that in the mainstream media. They leave it to uh, the alternative media to, to uh, expose. We're going to run out to a break, and when we come back, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig a little deeper into this whole, what I believe is, uh, is red-pilling of white people that's going on. Stick with us. We'll be right back. December 16th, 1773. And now, what really happened at the Boston Tea Party? What are they doing? They're throwing all the king's tea and coffee to the harbor to protest taxation without representation. Do you think we should stop them? I really like my coffee. Come on, it's not American Pride Roasters. Yeah, that would be a trebuchet mockery. American Pride Roasters, the choice coffee of real American patriots for over 250 years. That's right. Get yours today at AmericanPrideRoasters.com. you've said the world has gone crazy, I think 99.9% of the Earth's population would, in fact, agree with you. Here's the thing. You can never be too prepared for the craziness that's happening all around you. Keep your head while others are losing theirs. Go to preparewithmojo50.com. You will find an emergency food supply with a big discount because you are a Mojo 50 listener. It's not about uh, panic. It's about being ready for anything. Preparewithmojo50.com. So I want to uh, start uh, by giving a hat, hat tip to Jim Goad, who writes a column in uh, Tacky's Mag titled A Whole New Breed of White People, which he discusses uh, how whites are being red-pilled by this uh, far-left lunacy going on in the culture. He writes, in 1977, ABC's miniseries Roots, despite its slew of historical inaccuracies and outright fabrications, injected lethal doses of white guilt into America's collective unconscious when it was aired. But now, over 40 years later, its main narratives remain welded into the public consciousness. There has been a lot of suffering in America, and all of it has been perpetrated by whites and suffered by blacks. American whites have heard this narrative their whole life, the nuanced free reading of history, with one side purely evil and the other side purely good, has escalated over the many years. Many, if not most American whites have internalized this, but it has not been their actual experience at all. Their entire lives have been told who they are and that they know it's not true. It may not have, it may have been true 100 years ago, at least for the whites who weren't dying in the battlefield or being blasted to bits in coal mine explosions, or I would say, working themselves to death in the fields. But it has never been true for one moment in their lives. They have not known a significant taste of this so-called white privilege that they've been accused of. And the only identity that allowed them, uh, that was allowed to them, was one of self-abnegation and shame. In fact, allowed is too general a term. This identity has been forced upon them. There are multiple generations now, whites, who've never experienced the old white America that the left fixates on, the whole white America that they pretend not only still exists, but is actually the dominant culture. Then 
an interesting little experiment happened, and I encourage all Americans to watch all nine hours and 36 minutes of Roots. And then I'd encourage all white Americans to watch nine hours and 36 minutes of video from these ongoing riots and social media that depict black mobs beating the ever-loving snot out of white people from coast to coast. Force their eyelids to remain open clockwork orange style for nearly 10 hours and make them look at all the misspelled calls for white genocide. Have them look at uh, video after video of these bloodthirsty mobs torturing white people for no other crime than for being white and laughing while they do it. And notice that the mainstream media is uninterested entirely in it. There are so many people and so many people have seen these videos. There's so many videos and there's so many people that have seen these videos, but they feel helpless and hopeless. And that's not encouraging when a war is being waged against you. Have whites waved the white flag? When I was a kid, he says, and I agree with it, being white was all about an expansion of, and pride. We ruled the world, and our last emotional response to this fact that could possibly occur to the last response to this would be guilt or shame. Now, being white is all about retreat and apology. Sooner or later, most whites will be able to clearly see the difference between picture A and picture B, the blue pill and the red pill, between what they're told is going on and what is actually going on. It goes on. I encourage you to read it. It's at Tacky's Mag uh, this week. It's by Jim Goad. But he's exactly right. The uh, The reality that we're seeing with our own eyes is so at odds with the narrative coming out of the media that I think it's uh, it's going to have a long-term effect of forcing whites to be more uh, conscious of their of their groups. So the Wuhan virus, the media has gone on this uh, this jihad that says that the, the 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 virus is back and we have to shut down and they're recording these uh, these increased positive tests, ignoring entirely that uh, these tests have ramped up tenfold in, uh, in this uh, little area, uh, semi-rural area that I live on the mid-Atlantic Florida coast. We used to have one drive-through testing center, and they required you to have uh, symptoms in order to go there. It said empty. It was a kind of a joke. But now there are no fewer than six different labs that are uh, conducting um, Wuhan virus tests with no copay. Just walk right in and get your test. So the test rates at, in Florida and Texas positives have gone up dramatically. But what they're not telling you, and uh, and I've told you before, I'll tell you again, the death rate is plummeting. And that's a combination of, um, you know, the people they're testing now are not in the hazard group. And the, um, the, the treatment has become far more effective. So this should be a, a cause for celebration. We're approaching the, uh, 
the herd immunity. Of course, this is bad news for big pharma because they want to give everybody a, a vaccine. Not the natural vaccine that you could get from, you know, getting the virus and recovering from it, but the vaccine that they uh, they want to shoot into your arm, whether or not you agree to it or not. You know, if uh, Obama were still president or if Joe Biden gets elected, all of this will be a non-story. Sunday news shows wouldn't mention it. Uh, it wouldn't be the top of the uh, headlines at all. Every success would be celebrated. Every failure hidden. They've got an agenda. So have you noticed this big push for the 5G network? I was thinking about that over the weekend. Why do we need 5G? We're going to tear down the existing towers and, uh, and refit them with 5G technology? I've already got a phone that I can anywhere in the country watch a, um, a 4G video, a 4K video, I guess it is. <laughs> I, I can send all the texts. I can download all the podcasts. I can, I can watch TV anywhere just about in the country. Why do we need 5G? I'll tell you why. It's because this is uh, the necessary infrastructure for the surveillance state that they mean to put together and, and largely on the back of this, uh, this COVID panic. They've got plans for the same type of surveillance system in the United States that they put in place in major parts of China, where they're going to watch your every movement. They're going to monitor and keep track of your communications. Oh, that's already done, uh, but they're going to, they're going to ramp it up even more. And they need the bandwidth that uh, 5G brings with it in order to carry, carry out these schemes. I don't think uh, I don't think I'm too enthusiastic about 5G at all. I, I think we've got quite enough surveillance going on already. So did you see this appearance by Terry Crews on with Don Lamont on CNN? Terry Crews came on there and, uh, and tried to uh, say that, uh, you know, we need to be careful about getting on board with this Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, they're uh, admittedly a Marxist organization. And, uh, and he pointed out that, uh, you know, if we're really concerned about black lives, then what we really need to do is stop demonizing the cops and start driving the crime rate down. And of course, Don Lamont was having none of it. When you're talking about MLK, you talk about Nelson Mandela and even Malcolm X, they all realized that you had to have a non-racial component to these kind of movements or there will be resentment. There will be get back. There will be one of these people will tend to listen. I don't want to move from one oppressor to the next. And one thing that really who's, shocks a, who's me the next oppressor? At, who's the next oppressor? Oh, when I when I describe this, when you look in the city of Chicago, there are nine children who died by gun violence, by black on black gun violence 
with uh, from June 20th all the way to today. And you're talking about even with the Atlanta child murders, there were 28 kids who were, who died during, in two years. You're talking about a month, and you have nine black kids. And the Black Lives Matter movement has said nothing about this. What does kind that of have thing? to do you know, with equality, though, Terry? I have to. Tell, I don't understand what that has to do with equality because they're they're listen. There's crime. There are people in those communities who are those people aren't just mm-hmm. being nonchalant about gun violence. I live mm-hmm. in Chicago. Mm-hmm. People who are working in those communities to try to get rid of the gun violence is the gun culture in this in this country is prevalent, but I don't understand what that has to do with a movement that's for equality for black people. It's, you know, it's not that way. You know, this is the thing, Don, you know, black people need to hold other black people accountable. I said this, the same thing. This is the black America's version of the me too movement. If anything is going to change, we ourselves need to look at our own communities and look at each other and say, this thing cannot go down. There are a lot of great, great people there who are held hostage, who are held hostage by people who literally are are, are running these neighborhoods with violence and then claiming that Black Lives Matter. When you look at the parents of these little kids who are mentioning, saying, hey, man, why aren't they speaking up for me, too? Yeah, you know, the the. The real point here to be made, and I guess Terry Crews didn't feel like he could make it, was this whole defund the police movement. It is is directly at odds with the the slogan "Black Lives Matter." Of course, the slogan is just that. It's it's not accurate representation of that. That's uh, it's a title that's just designed designed to shut people up. But how do you reconcile Black Lives Matter with defund the police? They're getting a a. a, a uh, object lesson in the hypocrisy of the left's movement. You know, I was uh, talking about uh, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms in Atlanta, who's uh, who's getting a, a, a big dose of reality. I'm going to play this clip again. You can hear the hurt in her voice, but uh, you know, it, it it makes her a sympathetic figure. But at the same time, you have to wonder how childish she she could have been to think that. She was going to turn the streets of Atlanta, Georgia, over to the criminals with no negative consequences. And for all of the other people who were shot in Atlanta last night and over the past few weeks, because the reality is this, these aren't police officers shooting people on the streets of Atlanta. These are members. You know what? It never was the reality. That was just a an alternate reality that you allowed to take root. Atlanta police department is, is not a hazard to public safety in Atlanta. It's the only thing keeping a lid on the place. Members of the community shooting each other. And in this case, it is the worst possible outcome. There were two other people who were actually shot and killed last night and several others. So we're fighting the enemy within. Who is the enemy without, uh, you know, in her statement there, she she sort of implies that shouldn't shoot black people, but it might be okay to shoot white people. Well, we are shooting each other up on our streets in this city, and you shot and killed a baby. And it wasn't one shooter. There were at least two shooters. An eight-year-old baby. But this random wild, wild west shoot them up. Because you can? 
It's got to stop. It's got to stop. Come on now. Y'all stop it. She's the one that allowed the Black Lives Matter protesters to take control of that intersection where that young girl was killed and set up their own little area where police were not allowed and where motorists were not allowed. And the mother that wandered into that area and tried to turn her car around and was shot at by two gunmen that killed her little eight-year-old daughter is a victim of Keisha Lance Bottoms for allowing that to happen, for instructing the police department to cede that bit of the city to violent criminals. Kaylee McInerney, right after the uh, 4th of July weekend, held her press conference, I think this was from Monday, where she noted the the press's total disinterest in all of this. You know, I was asked probably 12 questions about the Confederate flag. I'm a little dismayed that I didn't receive one question on the deaths that we got in this country this weekend. I didn't receive one question about New York City shootings doubling for the third straight week and over the last seven days shooting skyrocket by 142%. Not one question. I didn't receive one question about five children who were killed. And I'll leave you with this remark by a dad. It broke my heart. A dad of an eight-year-old lost in Atlanta this weekend. They say Black Lives Matters. You killed a child. She didn't do nothing to nobody was his quote. We need to be focused on securing our streets, making sure no lives are lost because all black lives matter. That of David Dorn and that of this eight-year-old girl. Thank you. Well, that was quite the mic drop. That was quite the mic drop. She called him out immediately. They tried to get back. They said, oh, you know, come back and we'll ask you some questions about that. Oh, they had their chance. They want to focus on bullshit instead of what's actually going on in this country. And have you heard Joe Biden speak out against the violent crime that's going on in our streets? Has he said anything that uh, maybe defunding the police isn't such a great idea? No, Biden is following his, uh, his handler's strategy. Biden's strategy is to not, right, to not do anything. And that's okay as long as Trump keeps shooting himself in the foot. I don't think Trump is shooting himself in the foot. I think Trump knows exactly what he's doing. He's headed for re-election because, in large part, of Biden's complicity and silence on all of this. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now. I want to thank you, as always, for joining us, and I hope you'll come back here again tomorrow right here on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. I look forward to talking to you then. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. 
Visit vivatels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home.